What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Naime and Kim with Digging with Naime. It's your first time on the pod. Welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back, family. Hello, Kim. How are you? Hello. I am doing mighty, mighty well. How are you, Miss Naime? I am well. Also, I took a few girls from the but church. And um, your co-host, Kim. But go ahead. <laughs> I took a few girls from the church our praise dance team to this dance conference. Um, it's basically a dance intensive, a dance workshop for those of you who are like, what is that? You just learn and dance. And it's been a wonderful time. You know, I, 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 we learned a lot. It was great. One thing that really stuck with me, the director, I guess is her title. I don't really know her title, but the director, for, it's at Pilgrim Rest. One thing she said that really stuck with me is... Um, to just be a student, to listen and un- and understand. And she was like, I get that a lot of you in here are probably leaders and you've probably danced for whatever long you've danced. It's like, but don't come in here with that. Like, come in here as a student. And um, I think I'm a wonderful student, right? I ask a lot of questions. I am very involved and... Uh, I strive to, to include others. So it's been it's been a, an interesting process because I'm like, I am a student. I literally do this all the time. But anyways, but it, what it made me think is just the reality of, because then I, I, I was observing how other people, you know, were responding and acting. And it's like, it's really um, interesting to see how we all, because there was a few times I had to check my ego and like humble myself, but it was just interesting to see how how everyone kind of deals with pride and who there's there's some people who really think they hot stuff and it's like you know what's that thin line of because I can I can perceive something but that doesn't mean that's what they feel but it's like what's the where's that what's that thin line of like hey chill out like this is a learning experience like chill out. <laughs> out with that I mean most of the time you want that line so <laughs> and that's that's fair that's fair that is Can't fair I didn't mean that though I didn't mean hyping I meant I thought we were talking about like being a teacher knowing your craft but still instead like being a student like yes, pride. but I didn't mean, I didn't mean, um, like that, right? I think it's different to hype oneself up. What I'm talking about is not them hyping themselves up, but them reacting to the teacher in a way, because I'm not used to this, and this is what it's like, and this is what it's supposed to be, and, and it's like, well, no, but, but that, that's a sense of pride, because then they get a little self-righteous, and, um, so, does that kind of make a little more sense? Yes. Like the yes, difference. Uh, in what? What's going on? I said yes, it does indeed. Oh. What's going on in your life, Miss Naime? Anything exciting? Anything fun? What you reading? What you watching? Was that not fun and exciting? It was. 
I'm just kidding. It's like that's all, that's all the fun and exciting things. So I really, I really, really would like to discuss. Uh, <laughs> I, I, y'all, I am processing praying. Oh, what? I said, I think I know where you're going with this, but go. I am processing. <laughs> what? I said, there's that gap of silence. Girl, let me, let me, let me be. I got to process things. I, I'm trying to be slow to speak as of recently. And you over here just, see, you want to keep me in myself. I'm trying to change. Oh, we got to, you know, keep things going. You over here taking five minutes. Okay, 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 okay. So I, I'm going to answer your question and then I have a topic to get into real quick and then we can do your because it's a kim takeover if y'all didn't already catch that okay so um i booked a flight on frontier was that what you thought i was gonna say and i'm nervous and then you sending me i guess there there's a lawsuit right now i wish i wish the lawsuit i wish they lost the lawsuit already so that i wouldn't have to pay for these bags but basically Frontier, there's just been a lot about Frontier specifically. Airlines, and then we know airlines must show in their tails. They've been, they they have jacked up prices. And, and unfortunately, there's some limits to airlines, right? There are laws and regulations that they have to follow. Uh, but realistically, a lot of their employees don't know them. And so they'll like talk to you in a way where it's like, no, that's not true. And it's like, well, da da and, and it's just back and forth. But realistically, airlines are consistently on a daily basis, breaking laws. And, um, but no one's holding them accountable, right? Like lawmakers aren't coming in and saying, stop this or that. Like they, it seems as though they're untouchable. Anyways, Frontier has a legal suit right now because they are supposedly this amazing, cheap airline and they have hidden fees i normally fly delta i need to say that i have a delta credit card i fly delta i love delta delta i got tvs delta is that chick for me okay i only fly delta <laughs> however <laughs> i decided to make a last minute trip to florida for my cousin's quinceanera and frontier had a cheap flight so i said sure in the process of that i also got booked to dance something on that day i got booked afterwards Anyways, I need to be back on the day I'm coming back is the day I'm supposed to be performing and I'll be performing two hours after I land. Now, normally that would be okay. Like I, if I was with Delta, I'd be okay with that, right? But I don't know, with Frontier, I'm not trusting all the stuff I've been reading. And so I'm now in a space of like, do I cancel my trip? So I don't go see my cousin anymore. Cause there are no other, like I, the, the flights are extremely expensive right now like over $500 to get to Florida. Um, and I'm supposed to be going next week. So I'm in this space where I'm trying to process, pray, figure it, like really just take a minute and think. How much was the flight with Frontier? Like how much cheaper was it versus the- uh, It was 137. I didn't, there was no Southwest flights going to Florida that day, which is so interesting. Uh, Delta, and American were the only two, and they were both over $700. And this was, I bought this in June. Like, I bought the ticket in June. 137 round trip? So round trip. Oh, that's why. Oh, yeah. And fees. 
They said, we're going to do a processing fee. We don't do so, a however, fee. that's the point. I don't have a seat picked because in order for me to get a seat before, I had, they charged me $65, so I did not pick a seat so that's also a thing i don't know i've never i've never done frontier when i get there they're gonna be like well you didn't pick a seat so we kind of soldiers like i don't know you know what i'm saying um well they can't they count your ticket for a spot they can't do that but people overbook all the time how do you overbook then how's that possible how does that happen i've never heard of overbooking on a flight oh i have most certainly heard they overbooked i hear that all the time I've heard people got bumped because they overbooked. People missed their flights because they overbooked. Oh, yes, it's a thing. Okay. It's Let me write that down. To look up? Yeah, later. You should. Cause, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I've definitely I've heard people um, missing flights because they overbooked. Because they think people are going to cancel. And they don't. Um, but that's what I'm nervous of if that happens. Let's say, I don't know. I'm just a little apprehensive. I don't trust Frontier. And then now I have to pay, y'all. So I normally do a carry-on, right? Again, I fly Delta. I do two carry-ons and that's it. I don't check bags. It's extra work and I, like, I don't do all that. So I do two carry-ons. These mugs is trying to charge me for a purse. A purse. Not even a, like, I have to pay 75, $78, $78. To do a carry-on bag and so that's what the lawsuit is the lawsuit is like you guys say you're cheap but you guys have all these hidden fees i have to pay for a seat that i have not paid for so i don't know where i'm gonna sit wherever they want to put me and then i had to pay for um a check bag there and back so what's that math i'm gonna do that math real quick you know math ain't my best suit but i do have a calculator 72 8 times 2 which is 156 plus uh, 68 plus 68, that's $292, 290 Actually, I made up my mind. I'm canceling my flight. I was going to say, that's that extra uh, difference between yes. that and Delta. Well, no, Delta was still $700. This altogether, 292 plus 137 is 429 So there's still a good $400 cheaper, but nah, be. I rather had paid $400. I read, so yeah, I'm going to cancel my flight, which is kind of sucks because I RSVP'd for, ugh, shoot. Oh, you RSVP'd, girl. That's like canceling going to a wedding. I always say I would be so mad if somebody. I feel, I feel the same way. 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 I feel the exact same way. But see, that's how they get you because I didn't know they did all that. It was my first time flying Frontier. So I need to process that. But I know, I know I don't, I'm not paying $292 right now. I say you wear three layers of clothing and how long are you staying there? A weekend. I can't take how any extra days? bags. I know, so how many days specifically? Three days. I'll get there Friday, I'll leave Sunday. I say you wear three Layers of I can't take anything with me. I'm saying you wear it. What about I deodorant, know. toothpaste, toothbrush, there. wallet? The away. Wallet? Uh, you don't have one. You carry your cards in your pockets. 
I'm thinking outside of the box. You are. I wonder if they'll charge me for a fanny pack. That's also an option. I say I'd wear a light because you go to Florida, it's going to be hot. So you're not going to wear clothing really anyway. I say you bring a bathing suit, you wear your bathing suit, you wear a nice light dress, then you wear uh, maybe some jeans over that light dress, and then, listen, make it work, honey, that's all I say, and then you go, when you, as soon as you land, you go to the local CVS Walgreens, and you get them travel size toothbrushes, toothpaste, deodorant, and even soap, and call it a day. Get your hair done before you leave. And my hair is done. I mean, I can't help you with makeup, but if you want to go... Honestly, you don't want to wear makeup in Florida anyways. I've been to Florida. It's hot. The humidity, you're going to sweat it off anyways. So, there you go. You in Florida. How thrilled are you being right now? I'm 100%. <laughs> I, but the other thing is that I have my performance two hours after I that get here. <laughs> like, I got clothes for that. I got to make sure... And that's the other thing. That like, one. I'm nervous I'm not going to make that flight. Like, because I just saw a video from, I saw it two days ago. So, and the, so when I saw it two days ago, it's the 21st. When I saw it on the 19th, it, had, it happened on the 16th. There are videos of, from Florida, this woman, the woman talking about some first come, first served. People, girl, people literally ran. You see in the video, people pushed, like, I'm like, you can't do, like, you cause a whole riot. Isn't that illegal? That's like saying fire. In Isn't a, that illegal? It should be if it's not. I feel like it is. But she, this literally, there's a video of this woman saying, first come, first serve. We can't get you all on for whatever reason. And that's the thing. I, I'm assuming they overbooked because they not, people missed their flight. They couldn't all get on this flight mm. for Frontier. They all couldn't get on. And it's one thing for me to, like, be in Arizona going and there's an issue. It's another thing for me to be in Florida trying to come back here and there's an issue. And you're wearing all your clothes. <laughs> and I'm wearing all my clothes. With no uh, toothbrush, because at this point, I, I threw everything away to get back here. You know what I'm saying? Hot, Lord. I need to, I need to talk. Or... This is also an option because my family used to do this back in the day. Um, are you going with anyone from here? No. Oh, never mind. I was going to say, y'all could just share a bag. Yeah. Though that would have... No. They're all from Texas or Nebraska. Uh, then I go back to my option A. You wear the clothing. It's Florida anyways. You ain't going to be wearing much. Like, listen, if you could make it work if you wanted to. I'm, I'm just nervous. That. About coming back. But I, I'm, I'm going to trust the Lord. We're going to figure it out. People might be mad at me, but we'll figure it out. Right. Especially, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm not going to keep this part on. <laughs> you have two minutes left of this section. Because you done took 20 minutes Especially 15 minutes. Especially because, let me say this, Kim. Especially because I technically wasn't invited to the quinceanera. They invited me after the fact. Oh, no, you going. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, like I wasn't originally invited, and then they were like, yeah, you should come, type of thing. And then they added your plate? Yeah. You don't play with plates. And $65 I, plates. I feel, I feel the exact same way. But anyways, I just wanted to add that part. Okay, so. Yeah. Ate it from the family, don't play. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, so I don't know. Maybe, shoot. Maybe I'll ask Dwayne to pay for my stuff. I be paying for stuff I, all the time. Your brother. Stop that. That ain't right. <laughs> I pay, Look, you don't even know half the stuff I pay for this boy. It's a thing we do. Just because y'all, y'all don't do that, don't come judging us. I don't ever half of it, but okay. What'd you say? I said, oh, is it? Because I don't ever hear the other half of it. Whatever. I don't hear the vice versa. Of course, I'm not going to gloat about, you know, what I do for my family. I'm humble over here. Mm. I'm weak. Okay, go ahead. Kim, what do you have for us? Our discussion today. Well, first, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I literally said the first thing I said. How are you doing? What I've been up to is I've started, I've always said that I've wanted a desire to have a desire to have a desire to go to the gym. Um, and so it started out as like a little bit of a joke and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to actually start going to the gym, but enjoy it. You know, I'm still not at the enjoying part, but I signed up for a gym, <laughs> signed up for a trainer and all of that. And when I tell you my entire body is sore and I may, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt this sore. And I played sports, you know, as a kid growing up, I like being outside. Um, you like being outside as a when I was a kid, oh. it's very much different as an adult, um, forcing yourself to go into a place after a long day of work or before a long day of work and then insert extra responsibilities that you may have, whether it's grocery shopping, whether it's meetings or whatever else that you do. Right. So it's been it's been difficult, but I'm pushing through. I'm pushing through. I'm trying to get to that joy. Um <laughs> and try to get that desire but it is i'm on a hashtag health fit journey hashtag <laughs> i'm trying to get gym fit we'll see how this goes i should be recording my my progress but anyways um yeah that's that's what i'm up to my whole entire body sore like just lifting my arm seems to be a bit of a stretch and you know one thing I've learned about trainers is they never start you off where you think you should be you know what I'm saying like they never go with what your suggestion is like I say oh okay you know I'll start off with a 10 pound weight or so they shut that down really quick I've learned um and they start off trying to break you from the start so they want you I to hate you stop it that is <laughs> She said break you. There's so many other ways you could have said that. She said they break you. They will break you. They ruin your <laughs> life. That is what she's trying to say. I can't stand you. It's funny because now me and my trainer, we have this camaraderie because he's like, how was that one? Like after I finished the workout and I'm like, it was worse than the one before. I, it's not my favorite. Like that's, that's my favorite. Do you have a favorite um, workout? Girl, no. I'm still waiting on this desire to come. Like, <laughs> the whole point was I want to have... I want to be one of those people like, yeah, I get to go to the gym today. Like, what's up? Like, I have a class today. It hasn't come yet. I'm hoping eventually that I get some type of jazz or pizzazz or whatever. I don't know. If y'all could see Kim, she literally <laughs> shook it a little bit, gave it a little shimmy when she said jazz. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a Zumba class after my training class. Maybe that'll give me that extra. Mm. I don't know, but yeah, 
But I also think it being 120 degrees outside also takes away a little bit of that motivation. Yes, because anywhere inside is hot. Yeah, I think if if it were a little bit cooler, I wouldn't mind, like, I'll be getting in my car, you know, walk inside. And I just think every extra task seems like a lot. But anyways. So you have a new hobby. (laughs) So you have a new hobby. I have a new hobby, too. I've been bird watching. I got a new hobby. That's your new hobby. Your new hobby is working out. I also have a new hobby. What is bird watching? We go watch birds. I there's so I put a bird feed in my backyard, and we have the white winged dove, and I've also found a um, morning dove. I saw them eating this morning actually, and then I have little prairie dogs that run around to get the rest of the food on the floor that they leave. Prairie dogs they look like little squirrels, really, if I'm being honest. Prairie dogs are. In this heat in Arizona? They're here. There's this little baby one that be hiding underneath some of our stuff over here, just trying to get some shade. And my mom be scaring it when my mom comes out. She, I'll be like, Mommy, leave that thing alone. She, you know, she trying to make friends with everybody. She got her little lizard friend that is now not afraid to come up to her. And But they all, they all literally just be sitting out there eating together. Oh, it's like Cinderella. It really is. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. But go ahead, Kim. What you got for us? All right. It's an official Kim takeover. Did you just have one of these like two weeks ago? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. (laughs) So it's an official Kim takeover. But since you decided to take up half of our time with your frontier story and your travel about um, while the rest of us have to stay in this hot heat um actually you know to be fair you're going to a hot climate as well so it's not much of a vacation but anyways so today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics television um so i happen to be at my grandfather's house and my grandfather um he loves to watch the news. I think I've said this a million one times. Like whenever I'm over there, the news is on all day, every day, whatever. So I went over to to visit him, and they were having a special um, on Sunday or maybe last Sunday. I don't know. But anyways, so basically, it was the history of sitcoms. Now, Naime, do you know what? a sitcom means wait actually let me give this preface before we start this segment i am asking you to do an oath put your right hand up i mean you're staring at me i can't cheat repeat after me. i don't cheat why do you think i cheat for me i naime i naime this thing will not be going to do research in the middle of these stats i will not do research in the middle of any of this is that good? Beautiful. Yes. I will not pick up my phone once. I can't pick up my phone. It's being recorded. Go, Kimberly. I'm about to say your whole name. Fact no. it. I, I want your full attention. I will not. I will not. Okay. Because then you start reading stuff and then you take forever to respond. Like, I, I want your full attention. No research. Okay. You can do it afterwards. All right. So, first question. What do you think sitcom stands for? Because I was surprised when I found this out. 
I do know sitcom stood for something. Um, sit. What is a sitcom? Com, well, com sit- commercial. I think. Um, satire, illusion, technical. I'm just kidding. I don't know. What does sitcom stand for? <laughs> sitcom. So sitcom. When you wait, wait, sitcom, wait. You're asking what it stands for. You're not asking me what a sitcom is. I could tell you what a sitcom I is. I said both. Okay, so I what are you asking me? No. You said, what does a sitcom does stand it? for? We have it recorded. I could tell you exactly what you said. What is a sitcom, Naomi? A sitcom is where there's a live studio audience. Now, I don't know if they still do live studio audiences, but they at one point, they had live studio audiences. But there was a 30-minute segment. Oh, maybe that's what the S stands for, segment. There was a 30-minute segment, and it was typically comedy. Oh, com, comedy. Segmented. Eh, you're wrong. So... <laughs> Well, dang. Okay, well, that's a sitcom then. <laughs> Hurry up. We ain't got that much time. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm now, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, so sitcom stands for situation comedies. So it's a show where the, the main characters are always getting themselves in a situation. So me, before I found this I out, always wondered I why shows that. like this had these stupid, like, scenarios. Uh, that's yeah. why. Okay. I always thought that it was like, oh, 30 minutes, like what you said, 30 minutes, like a live audience. No, doesn't have to be. So even like a, um, a Schitt's Creek or modern, or what's another hour long show? Like, it's just funny. Um, and they don't need a live audience for it to be funny. Like you think of the office and, and again, like it doesn't necessarily have to be 30 minutes. It could be whatever. Um, but it's a situation comedy. So, so each episode cool. has to, they have to get themselves out of a situation. Exactly. I don't Which, think, I, think si- I don't think shit's Creek counts then. They're not trying to get out of their situation of being, um, in hiding. So it can be one situation. It doesn't have to be. It's continuing. I yeah. see. Okay, I thought you meant like each episode has a new situation. And no, they're not getting out of hiding. Girl, they lose their money. No, out of their broke. They're okay, yeah, yeah. You said hiding, though, so I was like, they're not like the mafia running from it. But no, go ahead. No, but they're trying to like, get back to their life before we knew. Yes. So anyways, so with that being said, now that we know what a sitcom is, which I was very like, wow, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Side note, I, I recommend this... Um, I don't even know if I'd call it a documentary, but it, it's a segment from CNN. But it was really good, and it was fascinating. And they bring in all these different people within the industry, from writers to directors to critics to, to all of these things. So it was just really good. Um, but I want to ask you, Naime, what are your three favorite sitcoms of all time? And before you answer, I'm going to give this preface i'm gonna allow you to say your three favorite black sitcoms and then three favorite non-black sitcoms and for those who are listening there is a bit of a difference there is a big of a difference there are two separate worlds right like because if you go into an office and you're talking about um a, a black sitcom not everybody will know it right but if you're in a room full of black people they'll be like oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so Nightmare. What are your three for each group? Okay, three for black. Um, I love Living Single. Okay. Like, I can rewatch that. Um, 
adding now adding to my list abbott elementary i can rewatch each episode all over again abbott elementary and then which is crazy to think how that all of a sudden just tops tears everything else and then my third one um ah my third one i think would have to be um I uh, I don't know. My third one would be, um, I don't know if this counts, but that's so Raven. That does count. That's a I love that's so Raven. Yeah, and then so for white ones would be. Um, I didn't say non non black. Excuse me, sorry, non black would be The Office. Adore that show. Um, also. Saved by the Bell. Oh, the original, the original. Not I know they like have this new thing going on. I've never I seen those. The original. That's yes, and then Full House. I'm really surprised. You know what I thought your answers were going to be? What? I definitely thought you were going to say The Office, but I definitely thought you were going to say Modern Family. I love Modern Family, but not. But I don't think Modern Family not- is a, is Modern Family. I don't. I guess. I guess I'm still distorted with the sitcom. I get that you say it's a sitcom, but to me, Modern Family is not a sitcom. It very much so is. It doesn't have to have a... No, Modern Family and Schitt's Creek are so funny. They're up there, but no. Full House, Saved by the Bell will forever be some of my favorite shows. Who's your favorite people on there? Girl, Zach. Oh, and, and Mario Lopez. What's his name? Who? What's his name on the show? Who's? Mario Lopez. Oh. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name? It's AC Slater. I just wanted to quiz you. Okay, so. Thank you, AC Slater. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I forgot his name. Thank you. Uh, don't come for me, act like I don't know. I don't care. I ain't got to prove nothing new. I used to love that. I used to watch the show all the time. I really love that show. I was always a fan of Kelly Kapowski. Kelly Kapowski. Um, so mind, mind you, Fresh Prince went, I mean, sorry, not Fresh Prince, um, Saved by the Bell was off by the time I was a kid. Um, I just watched all reruns, so I know it was off when you were a kid. Yeah, I watched but reruns. the reruns literally were just so amazing. It makes you want to say, like, man, to be a kid during that time, and you weren't even a kid during right. that time. But anyway, that what are was your three? What are your three? So my three uh, for the black is... Jamie Foxx show. I love that. Uh, I yeah. I love that show. Favorites. I feel like me and my brother like are here with this. (laughs) That is a such underappreciated show. Um, And then Fresh Prince. You know how I feel about Fresh Prince, which is still why I can't give this other new Fresh Prince a try because I'm just not Fresh Prince. It's not called Fresh Prince. Keep going on. But whatever. And then Martin. Martin is literally classic. Would you say would you say all seasons or would you say at a point? No, all of it. Okay. For all. All three. Because a lot of people say um, after season even when four. It was gone. Like that show was still funny. Like you know what I'm saying? Anyways, and so for my non black shows, um, New Girl. You know how I feel about New Girl. Nothing beats a, a Schmidt and Nick. Uh, <laughs> which i've been watching or, um, neighborhood i kind of like neighborhood that's kind of funny 
neighborhood. That's a good one. Um, but then friends. I love me some friends. And I know it's a, a interesting topic. When I, whenever I ask other black people, like, do you like friends? They're like, eh. But I'm like, I, I love friends. Yeah, friends I, just, it's not funny to me. I've been watching it's great. it. And, there he is. Mm-hmm. It's great. And then my third one, which is a late discovery, and I'm so sad that um, it had took me so long to really enjoy it um, up until just a few years back, but Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is one of the funniest shows, I think, ever created. Um, But I put Parks and Rec in the office as the same because they literally were written by the same people. People Um, who, I'm really sorry, but people who say the office isn't funny, I do not trust you. Like, there's no way you can't see the office is not funny. It's hilarious. Right. The... The cat, uh, the, the fire <coughs> episode. Oh my god! What, my Every favorite. Time I see it, like I will laugh, like it's the first time. But okay, so now that we have our favorites out there, I wanted to ask you. So you mentioned Full House. You mentioned, um, um, you know what? I'm surprised I didn't make my list. Boy Meets World. I used to love me some Boy Meets oh, World. Oh, I didn't even but think it, about Boy Meets World. I mean, there's so many shows. It's really hard to come up with just yeah but that is definitely on top of my list on on that one but so what were the shows that you named so you named full house you named that's so raven you named um saved by the bell office office living single and abbott elementary and abbott okay perfect so abbott we won't qualify since that's a newer one in recent years for this next question but it, it, the next question is, when did you start getting into television? At like what age and how did it shape your childhood? Well, there was a point in my life where I didn't have cable. And so we had 61, WB61 and UPN45. Mm-hmm. Which I'm so glad you said that because that's going to bring me into a section of my conversation. And, okay, uh, I think my memory yeah so upn uh upn 45 cw or sorry 61 wb 61 um so i remember watching those because we didn't have internet and you didn't need internet for those channels i remember having a black and white television until we got it finally got a colored one and i just remember i just remember watching a lot of tv as a kid I remember Saturday mornings, all the cartoons. I'm going to stop you right there, fam. I got a question. I had a full of Kanye. Y'all had a black and white I knew TV. you were going to say that. I No, we had... So, we had a colored television in the living room, but my parents gave me a TV to go into my room, and it was a small little uh, box, and it was okay. in black and white until the, I got oh, a colored okay. one. Yeah. Gotcha. It was a huge, literally a box, and it was in black and white. And it didn't have a remote. You'd have to dial it on the television. It was an old TV. But that was in my bedroom. And I just remember waking up and watching cartoons on Saturdays. I don't know. I just know I watched a lot of TV. Like, that was the thing we did. I watched TV. I watched music videos. It was just the thing I did. And then eventually we got cable. But nothing, nothing kept me from WB61 and and UPN. Nothing. Okay, I was on there watching, whoo, everything, okay? I, I, I learned a lot of life from those two specifically, okay? What about you? I'm really, actually, 
mention that because I am actually going to go into to that network actually, um, and they they do a great job of descripting uh, how the networks all formed and things like that. So bear with me; it's going to take a minute to get there, but we will get there. So um, as you have mentioned, um, I was a Nickelodeon, Disney, and WB mm-hmm. kid. I watched any and everything. Television was a huge part of my life growing up. Um, at the same time, though, but I was always outside, so I don't even know how that correlated. I think it was because I was a night owl. But anyway, um, I used to think, like, these people were real. Like, in my head, you couldn't tell me they weren't real. Like, <laughs> like um, when I think Full House, to have DJ or Stephanie's clothing, oh, my goodness. It'd be amazing. Or even um, Moesha. Like, I'd be like, man, I want to go to the den, like, and hang out. I want to see these musical performances. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to, in my head, think, like, man, that'd be so cool. Or even the worst one, I'm like, oh, so this is what high school's going to be like? It is nothing like this ever. Falsified Dreams, Saved by the Bell was one of those biggest ones for me. Um, They misrepresented what I thought high school was going to be. I'm sorry, they they had me expecting um, high school to be different than it actually was. But anyways, so do you watch a lot of older television shows? Because I know for me, I was very much so a TV land person. So and my dad used to watch all of them. um, And that was kind of our thing. We watched those together. So I I love them all from I Dream of Jeannie to Brady Bunch to um, Gilligan's Island, all of that. Did you ever, were you into that or was that a thing for you? Because I would make my siblings upset because that's what I always wanted to watch. And they were like, we want to come into this decade. Like, (laughs) so how about Um, you? I also want to add, though, that my grandparents had cable and we were always at my grandparents' house. So that's how I got involved with the Disney and the Nickelodeon. Like, I was able to keep up with those shows until we got cable because we were at their house every day during the summer especially, but every weekend during the school year. So we've always watched our shows there. Um, because I missed that. They used to have like reruns. Now you can get it on anything, but they would have like uh, Kim Possible. They'd have it on Tuesday nights, but you could watch it on Saturday. Like, in, you know, and so we did that. But um, yes, I would watch like you said Bewitched, or you said I Dream a Genie. Uh, Bewitched was something I watched. Um, I watched, yes, I definitely watched Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> I watched that. <laughs> I watched, um, I'm trying to think of older shows. There was this one show, I forgot, uh, Seventh Rock from the Sun with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's not older, but that's what I think of. I love that show because I love, I fell in love with Jason, Joseph Gordon-Levitt right then and there. Um, but yes, I did watch older shows um, because my parents were watching it. And before we got a TV, because I didn't get a television in my room until at least sixth grade, okay? So before that, we had one TV, and we watched whatever my dad was watching. Like, if we go, if we either we go play outside or you sit here and watch what I'm watching. Like, we didn't have options. But we also watched, my mom watched a lot of novelas. So I also grew up watching a lot of them because when she was watching TV, that's what, again, we at, for a long time, we had one television. So we all had to just watch whatever they were watching. So 
I most definitely saw some stuff. I, Brady Bunch was the one that I just hated. My dad didn't watch it. My mom didn't watch it. Like, no one watched it. But I know some things about it. I used to watch a lot of Seventh Heaven. And then you find out, you know, all the craziness. The Cosby Show, my goodness. Family Matters, watched a lot of that. Fresh Prince was heavy in the house. Um, they, for a little bit, did In Living Color rerun. So that was heavy in the house. Okay, Once good answers. All right, so moving on. So... Um, as I mentioned, like a lot of, lot of TV land that was like, and what you mentioned, like you usually watch what your parents are watching. It wasn't like you had your own phone or your own laptop or it's nothing like no. <laughs> today. Right. Um, so you watch what they watch. And if that was a show that they watched growing up, you bet your doggone bottom dollar hat that you're going to be watching it. So one of the shows that my dad, um, used to watch all the time, uh, was all in the family. And um, you also had, like, Golden Girls. You also had uh, Mama's Family, all of these things. And it was pure comedy. Some of the funniest people ever in life, right? So All in the Family was actually the first show to introduce um, race, to introduce, like, black people on television. So Norman Lear, who is one of, like, the biggest pioneers in in television, he played uh, the character of Archie Bunker on the show. He was a bigot, right? He was he was a racist, but he was a funny racist. And it like the whole point of it was to like hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. Because black people loved this man back in the day because he he almost made fun of white. Ugh, I'm trying to white bigots. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what he was making fun of. And so, like, he was the first person to ever bring on um, a black person onto his television show, which was Sammy Davis. Um, and so this was a huge deal at the time when it happened. And so, like, people were going crazy. Like, even to this day, like, people who were alive back then, and they talk about moments in history that, like, um, moments on television that changed history for all time, they say this was the moment. So you had Sammy Davison in. He invites him into his home. Do you know and, what year that was in? Huh? Do you know what year that's in? I believe it was 1960-something. Oh, they don't say to, on television? Yeah. So I, had to go, I have to go back and look. But it was either 1960... You know, I don't even want to give the wrong year. It's 1960s. But we'll hold, hold fast on that. I'll come back with it. So... Um, Since I Norman, can't Google... What? Since I can't Google anything. But keep going. Yeah. Okay, so Norman Lear, um, he played, like I mentioned, like a bigot who was always believing stereotypes of people. So he was one of those races. He don't like anybody. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is why I think it made it funny, all right? But in real life, he obviously um, wanted to give, like, black people a uh, some type of voice, some type of representation. He said, um, I watched an interview with him, and he was saying that his father was one of the biggest, like, racists and da-da-da-da-da. So he was like, Dad, like, you don't have to do all that. Like, why? Like, he was questioning that growing up. So anyways, so it was revolutionary to, to our society. Um, bringing, so on that show, one thing that he did is he had a black family move into the neighborhood, and that spurred the Jeffersons. Okay, um, but as he did that, he got a lot of, of backlash. Yeah. 
got a lot yes. of hate. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Even from the president at the time, Nixon, he went on to say um, he's making a mockery of what should be a good man, right? Like, so you had all all this um, backlash, as you had mentioned. And his response to that, Norman Lear's response to that was um, the fact that he enjoyed the applause and the understanding more than the, the backlash. Hate. He was mm -hmm. like, I kind of just tuned in. He was like, that was so irrelevant to me because it was changing something. It was, it was doing something. It was putting a conversation in place. Um, and he... So one of the comments is, like I said, they were bringing uh, different people in and to do interviews. And someone said that that was the early on pioneer sitcom that decided to put a mirror up to us as a society. Like the things that we believe, how we act, how we um, present things. And there's several different conversations on that show specifically where you're like, dang, they went deep in that. Like there's one episode of him calling like a black man a boy and he's like, don't call me that. And then he was like, why? When someone calls me a boy, like, I, it doesn't make me, like, question, like, who I am. He's like, well, you never have to explain yourself. Or, like, things like that. Like, so he took those conversations in comedy, but he took them there. And then, so Norman Lear, um, early back, going back into the, the 1970s, he created a show. He was like, this is so good. Like, I want to see more comedy from, from Black people. So they had Sanford and Sons. Sorry, not Sons, Stanford and Sons. So, have you ever watched that show? Yeah, I didn't know that was... I, I, I didn't know... Is Norman... Is he alive? Yes, he is... 90... 93 or 98. I didn't know those. he did uh, that one. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, so he, he was the one who introduced... Like, it's, it's a big deal, like a pioneer. Um... Not, and not to say he did, doesn't have his faults. I don't know all the background because I know society loves to look at what people did wrong. I don't know any of that. I just know that one of the things that he pushed for was um, to see other people on, on television. So Sanford and Son, um, which you had Red Fox, who is hilarious. Sanford and Son was one of the shows my dad absolutely loved because Red Fox was one of those characters who just did not care okay he was he was literally a black archie bunker he was racist to everybody okay like so it was literally a different world <laughs> but it was a black man being racist to, to white people to, to just everybody okay it's hilarious and so that show brought in um and this is actually one of my favorite episodes because it's hilarious. It's um, when he ends up getting a traffic ticket and he has to go to court and pay the <laughs> traffic ticket and he's explaining to the judge. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, okay. Please, if you have time, please go and watch this episode. It is hilarious. 40, 50 something years later, it's still hilarious. Um, but he, he, this is the first time the, the N word is ever brought up on television ever and he says it twice in the episode but he does it in in comedy right like he and i won't repeat it here but it's it's who very does it? funny huh who does it um red fox red fox who's a he's a he was originally a black stand-up 
a comedian. And so Norman Lear saw him in Vegas um, and that sparked the idea. He was like, I want this man like on a screen. So that, that leads you to Sanford and Son, okay? Um, no, And that was a huge deal because that was the first time black life had actually been captured to show how we interact, yeah. how we live, yeah. all of that. Like the, the, the bits between um, Red Fox and his sister going at it, like it's priceless. It's comedic gold. Like he, she takes off her wig, like just all types of things that had never been seen before. And so um, with that being the, the, the genre and now people like getting ahead of it and like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. We get to see how other people live kind of a thing. It, it, it captured audiences, which is always the goal of a television show. But then that led to good times. Are you a fan of good times? Yes. I don't know. No, ow. I don't know enough about it, though. But yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. We didn't, I know my- we didn't watch a, uh, we didn't watch a lot of good times. Okay. That's fair. So good times was a show about this poor family. Mm-hmm. I'm who, familiar with it. Um, oh yeah. But keep yeah going. So poor family, um, trying to make it the whole thing, but that was another one where Norman, so Norman Lear at this point in time, he owned the airways. Oh, he's still, that's, they, that's still him. Okay. Yeah. So he, he owned the airways. Like he had put all these, these places in, all these shows in place, okay? And so, <clears throat> but there was an issue. So, granted, with every good thing, there's always a little bit of feedback, right? So, not saying that Norman Lear hit the mark every single time, because he, he was able to put the conversation out there, but it was still white writers telling black stories. Right? And also still really reinforcing stereotypes. Yes, correct. And so, Norman Lear was like, I can only do so much. So he brought in a, a couple of black writers. Um, but one of the biggest things at that time, so once Good Times was on, and for those who don't know, Good Times was a hit. Mm-hmm. It was a hit. People still talk about it today or reference it, God on my, all of that, okay? Um, but one of the Black Panthers at the time, um, there were three Black Panthers who decided that they didn't like the fact um, that the television shows were only showing, like, uh, working class families trying to make it struggling like why they got to clean houses yeah. take out the trash like what like why is that a thing why can't they be um basically the point that they were trying to say is all black people aren't poor like that and so they stormed his office they stormed Norm, norman lear's office and norman lear was like you know what you're right so the neighborhood family that he had moved into all in the family that had moved into the neighborhood he decided that the Jeffersons were going to move on up to the east side of Potman in the sky high. And so... I did not was, know. I did not know that was why. Yes. I did not I know that. you, series was great to, to watch, like, and hear. Moving on um, Yes. And that was a big deal, especially in the 70s. So that was the first time ever... Um, that they were able to show black people owning something nice. Like, think of how crazy that is. You've never, ever seen it. Right, um, so you assume all black people are poor then? What? I said, right, so you would assume that all black people are poor. Exactly. So that changes the conversation, right? That brings in classism. That but, brings you know, in- but you know, but you know, the, the funny thing with that, though, is that the conversation would always be that they're poor, but the conversation never came to, well, why are they? 
Mm-hmm. Well, it was always like they're making it. And so Kim Fields, she's one of the people who goes on. Yes. Who plays a Beijing in Living Single. But she talks about how um, they talk about how the struggles they had to do to get there and then how to stay there. Yeah. Right. Like in this um, society. Um, but what, the, what was so great about the Jeffersons is it really brought race to the forefront. Um, and, and that was one of uh, George's things. Like he always <laughs> was coming at anybody who was coming out of coming for black people like he was such a i love black people like this 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 and that um did you watch the jeffersons very much not no but yes i've seen episodes i'm familiar with it just like the other one but not like no i I couldn't tell you where order what order and all that goes no got you okay no worries but they were they were the first show to truly truly um bring race to the forefront like i mentioned they even had an episode of once dr king died mm-hmm. like i seen that very one. somber episode and they're listening re-listening to his speech and things like that so it was it was a conversation um and it, it was just a huge deal because the jeffersons showed like the pain the pleasures the joy uh, of being like an african-american family that kind of a thing so taking it back a little bit, because I know I jumped right into um, when African-Americans started getting introduced into television. But in the late 1940s, early 50s or so, um, that was when the time period of people were coming out of radio. So radio was the form of entertainment that most people listened to like during the war and all of that. Um, so they were transitioning into television. So television didn't come around till about that time. Um, so to be honest, it took a while for other people to be seen <laughs> and that's from latinos to blacks to asian to native american it's just it's taken a while and it's still a, a conversation that we all have today right it is by far could be way more diverse but one of the things that they did when they first transitioned from radio into television they would have black people do um the voices of things, but they, they would have white faces or vice versa. They would have white voices that would pretend to be black. Um, and then when they would went to television, they would have on black face, which is absolutely crazy. So one of the shows, Amos and Andy at the time was popular, but got a lot of um, pushback because people were like, this is racist. Why are you trying to portray black folks in, in this way? Um, and so it started out as a not not sorry it was a horrible thing right um so naacp got involved that was at so there was no more blackface on on television um and basically the reason that they were even allowed to do that was because of the advertisers at the time for for television they wanted to appeal to a white audience so they were pretty much okaying everything so even nielsen the company that does all the surveys to find out like how many viewers did the bachelorette get this last monday or whatever they didn't even compare black households because they didn't care no they, this is in the 40s they're not like they no, not at all. <laughs> all they wanted was was the advertisers right and so for from that period of the late 1940s early 1950s all the way up until when i said what the 70s for for all in the family maybe late 60s for all in the family all you had was white television. So one of the biggest shows at the time was Father's, Father Knows Best. Um, there wasn't one minority in that show for 203 episodes. Two, like, to 
never see any, it was like we didn't exist, period. Which, we, it's not surprising to us, we know this stuff, but I, I thought it was interesting to see, like, the stats. But um, another show that that paved the way, quote-unquote, was Courtship of Eddie's Father, um, and that was because they had an Asian nanny. So they... They had really long names. Yes, they, but they attributed that to them being diverse, which is so funny to me because they had one Asian nanny, a part of that. Um, but one of the things that the people said within the, the documentary um, was that there was segregation in TV just like there was at the time in, in real life, which makes sense. Like, um, art imitates reality. And so Hal Cantor, okay, he went to, this is where it kind of all changes. He went to a lunch um, where a civil rights activist by the name of Roy Wilkins, um, he was talking about the significance of representation. And so Cantor decided um, that he wanted to create a program that would calm a lot of racial tension at the time. Because at this time, you had Freedom Riders, you had um, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Black So this Panthers. is in the 70s. Huh? This is in the 70s or the 80s? The 60s. This is the 60s. So at the time, how Cantor, he wanted to provide a program that would ease the tension in America. And so he came up with Julia with Diane Carroll. Now, Diane Carroll um, was super famous at the time. She was the first black um, female to ever have her own show, first of all. Um, So she paved the way for Issa Rae, for Living Single, for all of them, right? Um, But she she played a black woman. She was the first one. And most networks in the South, they decided not to pick the show up, which is to be expected. But um, she still saw great success. But it got so big that she almost had like a nervous breakdown. There was so much pressure, like, to her representing an entire race. Yeah, like that, felt, yeah, yeah. Like, it was crazy. Um, and that. the crazy part of all of that is with her playing her role, they made sure that she um, didn't act black. That was the thing about it. Like, she was going to have her own show, but her, the what was the wording they used? Or she used. She was like, they made it so that I was a white Negro. If they, you will. She was on the documentary or the CNN mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, so she she um, had mentioned that. She, she was like, so a lot of my blackness was not able to be shown. So, yeah, it was a period of time where she was seen to ease, quote-unquote, tension. But, like, she didn't get to act like herself. Okay. Um, and then at that point, up until then, to some 60s to 1970s, other minorities other ethnic minorities were completely invisible. So like we always talk about, oh, the token black person, like they would try and sprinkle that in somewhere, maybe, but like for the most part, Asians, Native Americans, um, so any anybody, think of anybody who's not of the white caucus. Um, you know how I feel about they, they caucus. They just were invisible. Yes, and so insert Freddie Prince. So Freddie Prince Junior? was the first Latino. His father? Huh? The man's father? Yeah. Yeah. So he was the first Latino to have his own show. This is 1973, which is a big deal because there hadn't been a Latino on 
prime network television since 25 years prior, which can you guess who that was? Yeah, um, Ricky, whatever. Yes, Desi Arnaz. So I love Lucy. Yeah. So that he was the which, first. which, which, which. If I'm not mistaken, he's also white. No. No, he's Latino. But he he's was, Latino he was or is Italian? Huh? Are you sure? Yes. Okay. He was Latino. Um, I believe he's Cuban. If I'm not mistaken. I know his character was supposed to be. I don't know if he was. I, I got to look it up. But he was the first, right? And so 25 years later, which is insane to me, um, that is when Freddie Prince Jr. came not onto the scene. Freddie Prince and Jr. And so he started... What? I'm would, sorry, not Junior. Freddie Prince, sorry. Senior. It would be senior now, right? It would be senior? Senior, yes. I think. I don't so, know. Don't quote me on that. It is senior. It is senior. So Freddie Prince Sr., my correction, uh, he premiered on The Tonight Show. He did a... a quick bit and the audiences loved him so they ended up giving him his own show which was chico and the man which it was a huge hit my mom always talked about this I've show never like seen she that. was obsessed i've never even um, heard of it, that okay it was like around 73 76 like that time period uh, but my mom always she loved that show because but she also thought freddie prince was just super fine um <laughs> but like he had this charismatic way about him. he was on top of the world but again just like with julia that's a lot of pressure for one person to represent an entire community like that's crazy when you really really think about it like people who you're the face of of x amount like make sure you represent it what well, like that's just it's it's insane to me so um anyway so freddie prince senior he ended up committing suicide in 1977 i did not know that yeah in 77 so How? just four years after the, the was the show still going on when he did it uh i'm not sure i think so because they said he was at the top of his game like the world was at his feet he was only 22 Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. at the time was only one. Like oh, so he, you didn't even get to know his dad. It was just a lot of pressure for him. That's what I'm thinking. And so, um, yeah, that. at 22 years old, he, he ends up committing suicide. Um, and then there's no one else to, quote, unquote, represent the Latino community for another 20-something years. Insert George Lopez. So it's George Lopez. Wait, George Lopez was the next one? Yes. Isn't that insane? That's because, and, and I take part in that too, because I'm always thinking, well, black people are being because they look like me, right? But I'm thinking about Latino community. They didn't have anyone that looked like that. Like, no, they had just they novelas. They had novelas. But even in, even in novelas, though, it's super racist. Everyone is blonde, blue haired, yeah. green eyed. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Blonde so insert George Lopez, which I love the George Lopez show. And so he comes on and he talks and he said, when they first presented me with this opportunity, I was like, yo, absolutely. He was like, because um, Freddie Prince is who inspired me to be a comedian. He was like, I thought he was so funny. I thought he was so fresh. And he was like, and I looked up to him so much. So when... Um, I was able to to have my own show. I was like, I, I want to do it justice, right? He was like, and it ended up being being a success. Yeah, and he huge. was like, found out that, huh? I say it's huge. He has his own show right now. He's another oh, another one. Yes, 
And he was like, I found out that I was able to resonate not just with Latinos, like it was for everybody. And I was like, that's true, because I love that show. George Lopez show is hilarious to me. Um, but he was like, but I was able to bring in the life of a, uh, a Latino family. Like I was married to a Latino, I had Latino children. Like, and it wasn't this happy-go-lucky, like the father trying to be like the best dad of the year. He was like, no, like I was brutal with my kids. I was honest. I was, oh, and I'm like, and, and he's like, and I think people like the, the realness of it. And I'm like, that's true too. So 20 year gaps, Naime in between Latino representation. That is absurd. Between Desi Arnaz to Freddie Prince Sr. to George Lopez. But and you know, natives are still to this day like without something. Still, oh, I'm against I'm natives. Asians you- are still to this day without something. Very much so. Because I mean, so, you have like fresh on the boat, and you have like different circumstances, but it's still to an extent like. And this episode is a two-parter, so come back next week for the second part of this episode where Kim uh, continues to dig in into television. Peace.